Antietam National Battlefield, 6.30 a.m., August 22, 2017. Dawn at Antietam in late summer is automatically reminiscent of the Great Battle here in September 1862. Morning mist fills the long, low depressions that mark the fields. They're everywhere. The morning sun is just now creeping over a distant ridge, South Mountain, scene of a vicious battle between the Union Army of the Potomac, commanded by Major General George McClellan, and the Army of Northern Virginia, commanded by General Robert E. Lee, just three days before Antietam. I'm standing outside the visitor center at Antietam National Battlefield in an area with a large display of surviving Union and Confederate Civil War cannons. On the day of the battle, this area was the scene of tremendously bloody carnage. Confederate artillerist S.D. Lee lost dozens of men and horses on this high ridge on that September day, and Union and Confederate infantry swept back and forth across this same area with vicious fighting during the assault on and repulse from the west woods of Sedgwick's division. On September 19th or 20th, photographer Alexander Gardner captured the first stirring images of the carnage of civil war and the bloated bodies of Lee's Confederate artillerists, their broken limbers and dead horses, while taking a famous picture looking towards the Dunkard Church. Good morning and welcome to Antietam Anthologies. This is a podcast debuting in September 2017 for travelers planning trips to Antietam, Sharpsburg, Harpers Ferry, and even Gettysburg. We'll focus on lesser-known but important events and players from the fields of battle and surrounding towns. But to begin, let's consider a Sharpsburg farmhand named Aaron Good in a series we'll call The Aaron Good Chronicles. My name is Mark Brew, and I'll be your host. I'm a Civil War researcher and writer from Hagerstown, Maryland. For the past 35 years, I've been focused on the Civil War experiences of citizens of Sharpsburg. I'm lucky to live so close to Antietam Battlefield and to the small village of Sharpsburg. It means I get to spend a lot of time poking around here or there. I get time just to sit, just to sit in one place for as long as I like. I can sit with or without reference to books or maps and consider things as they unfolded 150-some years ago. My undergraduate degree is in geography and Antietam's geography and Gettysburg's and Harper's Ferries, too are fascinating to contemplate, and beautiful too, especially on mornings like this one. Each one of these is just a short drive for me. I can leave my house and head to any of them for as long or as little time as I like. I can drop in on a particular spot on the field and have it all to myself. At each place I've been known to take along a guitar or banjo. I'm not really playing so much as I'm feeling, and there's a definite feel, a proper tuning, for every place on these fields of Civil War tragedy. Often, my wife Julia is with me, but on mornings like today, she's out running the roads here. I used to do that, but I'm glad that a slowness to examine is now my primary focus. My speed these days, or my lack of it, makes me perfectly suited to the pace needed to examine towering landforms, deep depressions, artillery pits, ageless boulders, and meandering rivulets and streams. These newer traits balance and blend well with the study and contemplation of complicated movements of regimental units over and around them. But back to our feature series and programs for this season. 
The Aaron Good Chronicles will provide a telling story about how the Union and Confederate soldiers of the Antietam campaign died, were buried, then ultimately reinterred to places of final rest and repose. But we'll have more. A regular feature called This Week at Antietam will provide details about events that are happening in the area of interest to persons who love history. Another section of that same program will hit on highlighted best ways to participate from a local, like me, an insider, if you will allow me. But there will be even more content than that. One feature we'll call Hometown Civil War will encourage listeners to submit stories, Civil War accounts, both of small or large stature, about where they live or about a relative or ancestor. These can be sent, sent to us by email at ASPA91762 at gmail.com. That's ASPA91762 at gmail.com. Or you can use the same email address to submit any other Civil War related questions. We hope to share these with you each week. We'll also feature interviews with people who participate in historic roles as reenactors of Civil War soldiers, officers, generals, doctors or the U.S. Sanitary Commission. Even more interviews will be with book authors. Do you know someone you think we should interview? Contact us at ASPA91762 at gmail.com. We'll be right back after this one-minute break. This is Mark Brew, your host for Antietam Anthologies, a podcast featuring current historical developments, interviews, and information for persons traveling to or planning trips to Antietam, Sharpsburg, Harpers Ferry, or even Gettysburg about upcoming events. Everyone I know with an interest in Civil War history has a path that led them to study or pursue that interest. Those diverse paths lead us to the same place, but the paths are as different as the people they carried. My path? Well, it started out to be cleanly about the bloodiest day in American history, and then it took a detour, and that path is what I've followed ever since. Thirty-five years ago, I read Landscape Turned Red by Stephen W. Sears, and it transformed my interest in the great battle at Sharpsburg. I turned from studying the events of the battle to the Civil War experiences of the citizens of Sharpsburg. Sears' book has a chapter, I think it's eight, or maybe chapter nine, called The Spires of Sharpsburg. The chapter looks closely at what was happening in a small village and relates many eyewitness accounts to those events. Now, I'll confess, when I read, I live for the footnote. The footnote tells me everything I need to know, both about the writer and the source of the data used to support the story. You can evaluate a writer's credibility and the cred credibility of the source of the story by reference to the footnote. Sears' book used footnotes as well as any I'd read up to that time. 
but when it came to the Spires of Sharpsburg chapter, I melted a bit. Very rarely did Sears use a primary source for his eyewitness accounts. Instead, he used a source called Battlefield Adventures, a book by Clifton Johnson. I was young and expected primary sources, which would help me know the names of the Sharpsburg citizens who were the eyewitnesses. Instead, all I got was a footnote referring to Battlefield Adventures. At that period in my life, I had access to the very best libraries. I worked in the United States Senate and could call and request materials that would be delivered within minutes sometimes. When I contacted them, I was told they did not have a book called Battlefield Adventures. So I tried other libraries in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore. Same answer. How could that be, I wondered. I didn't quite give up, but I didn't press on much either. Until the mid-90s and the advent of the internet, a random search for Battlefield Adventures turned up a Google book titled Battleground Adventures. Its author was Clifton Johnson. To boot, the book was available online or could be downloaded in PDF. At last, I had what I thought would be information about the eyewitness IDs of Landscape Turned Red, but I was wrong about that. You see, Clifton Johnson, around 1910 or so, left his medical practice near Boston and headed to towns where the great Eastern U.S. Civil War battles had happened. His goal was to record, to write down and publish the citizens' perspectives and Civil War experiences. This he did in Sharpsburg, Gettysburg, Harpers Ferry, Richmond, etc. But he did it without explaining the names of any of the eyewitnesses. However, the stories he collected were not without clues to the identities of the people. The Sharpsburg accounts were each littered with personal details that eventually led to the discovery of the names, mostly by applying census data. One story, the Canal Boatman, led to the ID of an important Sharpsburg character named Jacob McGraw. Another, called the Maryland Maiden, came to be Teresa Kretzer. On and on it went, and finally, all the names were known to me. Ah, but Aaron Good. Aaron Good was not even one of the names or stories collected by Johnson. Good had died in 1884 and was not alive when Johnson visited Sharpsburg. Aaron Good first became known to me through a book called Bivouacs of the Dead by Stephen Stottlemyre. Steve's book is an account of the burial of the dead after the Antietam campaign, and as you realize by now, Aaron Good is a central figure in that story. So, I picked up on the trail of Aaron Good about 15 years ago. I had a view of him as a heroic figure, a giant whose story and history needed to be told, and so I ended up writing a play about him and his work, with Aaron as a protagonist of unimpeachable resolve and character. The play was produced and well attended, and I continued my research about Aaron Good after the play. Eventually, I found a news clipping from an 1863 newspaper that helped me understand Good was not the saint I had portrayed him to be. Then about two years ago, I found a news article from a June 1865 paper that documented something that has not been documented previously. Aaron Good found the remains of a female Union soldier on the battlefield at Antietam, and he did this while working for the trustees of the Antietam National Cemetery. The Aaron Good Chronicles will take us through his rough, grisly work, work where, on his own, 
he started to dig into the field graves of soldiers to keep a record of the location and name of the soldier buried there. We'll get a close look at differing perspectives on his motivations. One suggests saintly conduct, and a second provides an altogether different view. We hope you'll stay with us as we examine the historical records about Aaron Good in this interesting study. So, stay tuned and give us feedback. Our Facebook page is called Antietam Anthologies Podcast. You can look there for photos and documents that support the interviews and articles we'll share in each podcast. You can like the page to receive notices when we post new stories. We hope to have at least two or three each week. We hope you enjoy hearing lesser-known yet important facets of Civil War history. Be sure to tell a friend to tune in and lend an ear. We're doing some of the work that really shows the war's effect on people. This is Mark Brew reporting to you from Antietam National Battlefield. Please go and listen to our first segment of the Aaron Good Chronicles, Chapter 1, The Dead Female Union Soldier of Antietam. <laughs>